Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani, and I wanted to let you know that each and every week I'm part of a great program called the Ringer MMA Show. I host it alongside two absolutely brilliant minds. Their names, Chuck Mendenhall and Pete Carroll. And every Thursday, a new episode drops where we preview the weekend in mixed martial arts and react to all the biggest news. Plus, after every UFC pay-per-view, we give you a post-fight show. So this is what you have to do. Just follow the Ringer MMA show on your Spotify app so you don't miss an episode. We'll talk to you then. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of Weekends. I'm your host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazley Lambray, and I'm joined by a very, very esteemed guest. You've read his stuff in The Athletic. He's a Western Mass legend. He claims he can hoop, too. I don't know. I've never actually seen it with my own two eyes. Jay King, what's going on, brother? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. It's good to see you. Hey, man, same. It's been a minute. It's been too long, quite honestly. You know, I. The only time I, I hear from you these days is when you mean to text <laughs> Jay, Jay Kang. Accidentally <laughs> text me. That was crazy. That was crazy. And the shit that I text you is 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 freaking hilarious. <laughs> but whatever. No, it's funny, man. Whenever I want to get, I want to get some Boston stuff up here. I generally hit Jared Vice, your your colleague, my former colleague at the Athletic. But I was like, you know what, man? I, I need a real hooper in here today. So let let me get Jay King <laughs> up in here, bro. <laughs> Appreciate you. All right. So you know. The Celtics, they're in the news this week. Even Bill had Logan up on his show to talk about the situation regarding Jalen Brown. Let me let me just preface some things with for some people listening. Over the summer, and whatever, enough time has elapsed. I don't mind giving this, giving this up. But over the summer, I got a text from somebody. This is during the KD sweepstakes or the fake KD sweepstakes. Was like, yo, I'm at a spot on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and I just seen KD and Jason Tatum walk into the spot together. They're hanging out. They're buddy-buddy. This is smack dab in the middle of the request and Brooklyn Fielding offers. And I was like, oh, this is a no-brainer. Boston's about to trade Jalen Brown for KD and, you know, some type of package to bring KD over there, right? Like, and what the person describes is like, no, these guys are like tight. They're really close or whatever. And I was like, man, like, you kind of can't let it get out that you put Jalen Brown on the 
on a trade block and have it sort of be kumbaya. Whatever. Brooklyn stood pat. They ended up getting the package from Phoenix a few weeks ago. And Jalen Brown is still on the team. But I knew, I knew that like if and there was reporting that Boston reached out or Brooklyn reached out, whatever, that preliminary talks had happened. But I was like, man, if they would even entertain a KD situation, that means something's not completely on the level with Jalen Brown. And then, of course, so whatever, I forget about it. Boston jumps out to a great start to the season. It doesn't even matter that their coaching situation blew up right before the season. Things seem to be going great. But now, you know, they've taken their their foot off the pedal. The defense doesn't look too good. And then we get these statements from Jalen Brown about like, I don't know, we'll see, blah, 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 blah. I don't really care. You know, I want to be with people want me and this and this and this and that. And so uh, I wanted to have you up here, man, because what, what's your interpretation? For me, I just think about K, KD and the Jason Tatum and them hanging out smack dab in the middle of his trade request. And I'm like, man, Jalen Brown, I feel like was kind of on the trading block last summer. That's how I look at it. How do you look at it? Yeah, and there's there's a there was a lot to sift through there because at that same time, like Tatum wasn't secret about being with Durant at that time. He posted to his Instagram a picture of him working out with KD, like right when all that stuff was mm-hmm. was coming around, <laughs> and it was like, really, like why? <laughs> Like why? Why are you doing this? What's what's the benefit here? It's strange. And it it was bizarre. And and you gotta understand, like from our perspective, we see it, and it's like this is so weird. And then of course Jalen spoke to Tatum, at, or, like they were speaking to each other around that time. They knew what was actually going on behind the scenes. Tatum has been a huge fan of Durant for a long time. They played together on the Olympic team. Like they worked out together. Like it all makes sense why they were hanging out together. And I don't think there was any like big movement to bring mm-hmm. Durant into Boston. But it, it was strange at the time. And from Jalen's perspective, he's got to be sitting there like, why? <laughs> why? Yeah. Why are they trying to trade me? We just went to the finals. Why are they trying to trade me? We're, I'm 25. Tatum is 24. We can be contenders in the Eastern Conference for a long time. And dating back to, you know, when those guys were younger, there were always the Jimmy Butler rumors, the Paul George rumors, the... Anthony Davis rumors. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so the, I'm sure he probably th- thought that it, he finally graduated from all that stuff and was was in a place where he could be secure. But that wasn't the case. Obviously, over the summer, there was the buzz about Durant and whether the Celtics were going to go get him. And I think from their perspective, it at least sort of would have made sense. Like Durant, as good as Jalen Brown is, Durant <laughs> is an obvious upgrade. Yes. It's an obvious upgrade. <laughs> if you put him with Jason Tatum, that would have been just filthy. But if you're Jalen Brown, after what happened last season, how close they got to the finals, the fact that he still hasn't peaked yet and is still growing, that would bother me. It would definitely Mm -hmm. bother me at least a little bit to know that no matter how close I came to the finals, no matter how close we are, no matter how much I've accomplished, like they still weren't totally secure with me. So if, if if that stuff does linger, then I understand it. And we'll we'll see if it matters because honestly, if he makes All NBA, the Celtics will be able to m- offer a super max extension. Mm-hmm. And right now, he's probably like like one of the handful of guys for second team, third team forward, as long as he's eligible at forward. So if, if he does get the super max, like the Celtics can offer that, and none of this will probably matter, and he'll just sign the deal and get paid all his money and. 
feel respected at the end of the day, but you know, that's a lot for somebody to deal with after going to the finals. And, and (laughs) normally when you're in that situation, your team is content with, with how it's built. But for Jalen, it it was like that, that had to hit hard. So here's the thing too, right? Cause I know people are going to listen to this and be like, I think you guys, you know, you know, you guys might be overblowing this. Two guys who have a personal relationship, hang out in the offseason, it's not a big deal. I, I think to me it's a big deal in the sense that any team that would have wanted to bring KD in and commit the amount of resources towards that goal that it would have taken to bring KD in would have to know that he would have been amendable to the move, that he wouldn't be depressed, you know, about being shipped to, I don't know, like Charlotte or something, right? <laughs> Where you know for a fact that if he gets shipped there, he's not going to be a happy camper. And so I, I found it interesting that, one, that like in such a public way, they were making it known like, no, we're we're if KD came here, it'd be completely fine on that front. <laughs> he would be completely cool with playing with Jason Tatum. He respects his game. He likes him as a person. That partnership would be seamless. Like the fact that they would make that public is is one thing and then two just the smoke around Jalen Brown's name like folks have to understand the the culture around NBA teams and locker rooms when KD so here's why the smoke matters when KD goes on the trade block and Phoenix even all the way back into the summer was rumored to be a potential destination Devin Booker's name was nowhere near it right there's a sort of respect that comes with, even when we're pursuing other guys, we know everybody, we're going to put it out there. We're going to make it known, like, Devin Booker cannot be traded for KD, right? He means that much to what we're doing here. He's in a quote-unquote untouchable, he's that type of guy for this operation. He can't be moved for KD, right? And, and, and that sends a message to the player, right? Like, your standing here within this organization is, is unflappable, Nothing can change it. Even the player, a player of the caliber of Kevin Durant, one of the 15 best players ever, can't even change your status here, right? That says a lot to a guy. That's a signal to a guy. Conversely, for Jalen Brown, when it comes out that, no, you're not a Devin Booker to the Suns. You could be moved. You're not on the level of Tatum. You don't matter that much here. I think that bruises guys' egos. Uh, And I think that matters. We see that over and over again, where perceived slights cloud the the, the dealings that go on between, you know, franchise and play. And then, you know, more importantly with with Jalen Brown, bro, like in the past few years, I know in in, in the group chats that I'm in, people start calling him, you know, Peachtree Street Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? People start calling him all kinds of stuff. He's he's sort of shown himself to be a mercurial type of guy. And so I want to ask you, Jay, when did you start seeing sort of you know, maybe the Jalen Brown and Celtics relationship isn't fantastic, let's say. Look, I, I don't want to overblow things. Nah, overblow it. We're going to get you aggregated today. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't want to overblow anything here. And I, and I think he's, he's genuinely happy with where he is. I think he and Tatum have a very good working relationship. They've been on the same page if not forever, for a while. Like, when things were really bad last season and 
it could have gone either way. They were in 11th place in January. Like they were looking like they weren't even going to make the play-in tournament. Never mind the the playoffs. Uh-huh. Those guys, they sat down. They they talked. They talked about what they needed to do as a t- as a duo, as the leaders of the team, to to push them to where they needed to be. So I, I think he genuinely likes playing with Tatum. I think he he appreciates the team that they have. I think he he has done nothing, been nothing but supportive of Joe Mazzulla and and the relationship that he has there. So I, I I think there's there's a lot that he likes about Boston. At the same time, if, if I were Jalen Brown, it would definitely irritate me the 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 Durant stuff that would bother me, and and then this whole group, not just Jalen but everybody, like they've dealt with a lot. From, Damn, like go go back to the Kyrie year. <laughs> and and Jalen has been open about it since, but it was obvious at the time that he and Kyrie just did not get along. He was not part of the Kyrie faction. The, 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 no. it, it was factions on the team. Him and he was not of the Kyrie faction. No, and Kyrie used to take shots at those guys. So they lived through like a yep. really tough year, not just inside the locker room, but like like fans taking shots at everybody because everyone was was kind of disappointing that year. Nobody lived up to their personal expectations, never mind the expectations as a team. So so they have that. Then then Brad leaves and and steps into the front office and Ime Odoka takes over. They suck for a while and and then Ime turns things around, takes them to the finals. Well, Ime gets suspended and and those guys really like Ime Odoka. Like they love Ime Odoka. They had a lot of respect for Ime Odoka. They credited him with engineering the turnaround. They took a lot from his coaching. And so Everything that happened with him really hurt those guys, really hurt that locker room. And I think it says a lot about the guys that they've played through that and and they've stayed together through that and they didn't let it impact the the way they approach this season. But but there's just there's been a lot that those guys have had to to live through in Boston. And I guess that's part of it. Like if you stay in a place long enough, you're gonna just deal with a whole lot of different types of experiences. You're gonna have to play through a lot of stuff. But it hasn't been like the easiest run ever for Jalen Brown. And if you go back, like, so Brad's the president of basketball operations now. I don't think Jalen, when he was younger, thought Brad appreciated how good Jalen was and gave Jalen the the type of role that he wanted. I mean, you know, I think a lot of the, the, the tensions between Brad and the guys the Gordon Hayward situation where Gordon Hayward is Brad Stevenson's guy and he's not playing up to his capabilities yet still being handed minutes and responsibilities. Yeah, I know that rubbed a lot of guys wrong. It, it did, but but also they had to do that. Like if, if that team was going <laughs> to succeed, Gordon Hayward was going to be a huge part of it. Yeah, And so you have to play in big minutes. You have to Gordon try to Hayward get him back from the injury. Must be said, looking damn good these days. Just saying. When he's on the court, he's very good still. He's so good. <laughs> it just hasn't been. And, and not only that, but he fits so well with with Tatum, with Brown. And he he was a connective piece for those guys. He mm-hmm. Obviously, he ended up caring that he didn't have the ball all the time he left. Maybe just more for money than than for the, the role itself. But, like, on the court, he didn't wasn't a guy who needed the ball all the time. Didn't need a ton of shots all the time. But yeah, like that whole year, Jalen came off the bench 
that year. Like he, he was benched and had to be with the second unit after a breakout season the year before, after helping lead the Celtics to the the Eastern Conference Finals game seven against LeBron the year before. So it's like there have been a lot of times in his career when I don't think he felt valued properly. And I can't I can't say he was always right because like early in his career, his rookie year, they had a lot of good players on that team and it was tough for him to to break through and get minutes. But a lot of the times he's been the one who's had to sacrifice. He's been the one who's seen his name in rumors. So eventually that stuff accumulates. And to his credit, like he's been able to put it aside. He's always focused on the basketball. Right now, it, as these stories come out, <laughs> he's playing probably his best basketball of the season, maybe the best basketball of his life. life his, yep. assists, his assists have gone up. His turnovers have gone down. He's averaging 30 points a game over his last seven or eight games. Like when everyone else was chilling, he was trying to light everybody on fire and get the Celtics back rolling. He's probably been the only starter that they've had that's really played at a high level lately, uh, consistently. So it hasn't affected him. And and honestly, it it might be the case where he just makes all NBA and they get they super max him and and then it's over. Yeah. And 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 that's 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 <laughs> I bring this up because it's topical. But to be honest, man, I, I've kind of gotten past the whole disgruntled star shit. You Bradley Beal me, you Zach Levine me. I'll be more than happy to stay. <laughs> that's and, it. And, and, it's that simple. And look, look. <laughs> Like there, there's a lot of nuance to this, right? Like yeah. you have a job. There's a lot of good aspects of your job, I'm sure, and there's some sure. things that you wish you could change. Of course, that's every single job. And so, that's at every the end aspect of, the day, of life. <laughs> exactly. And I, at the end of the day, Jalen knows that he's in a good spot. He knows mm-hmm. he's in a place where he can thrive both individually. He made the All Star team again this season, and as a team. And he likes his coach. He likes his teammates. Like. There's a lot that Jalen Brown appreciates. It's just that right now, because of the comments that he made both to the Ringer and the New York Times, like it's the the stuff that he doesn't love a hundred percent that that we're talking about, which is fair, but also like it's a nuanced discussion, I guess, about his feelings for for Boston. All right, let's talk about the actual seas themselves. Just check the standings there. In second place in the East, two and a half game behind the Bucks, who refuse to lose anymore, apparently. 50 and 23, five and five in their last 10. You know, as much as we it feels like the sky has been falling for three weeks to a month now, they're still in the in the catbird seat. They're gonna finish within the top three of the East, pretty much guaranteeing themselves home court in the first round and probably more than likely home court in the second. What, what, what's been going on? I know me personally, I've brushed it aside. When a team starts the season like gangbusters a year after they go all the way to the NBA finals and damn near take the whole shit. I'm like, I, you know, <laughs> they're allowed to take their foot off the gas at a certain point in this long ass season. Hashtag shorten the season, please. Uh, so <laughs> I, I can't put too much stock into this. Do you think there's real genuine stuff to be concerned? Because to me, again, last year in January, when they started turning this thing around, I think it was, man, it might have been around March when I finally watched like three, four games in a row of the Celtics. 
and what they was doing when they figured out the Robert Williams staying towards the basket and then everything else is a switch on the perimeter. And they were literally suffocating, like suffocating guys on defense, smashing team defensive records and all of that. Like, yeah, that was crazy. They were doing it on defense. <laughs> the defense this year has not been world record-breaking. Aside from that, what have you seen anything that's like, oh, maybe this might be a thing that we need to monitor? Well, it's funny because every time I look at the defensive ratings, I'm like, how are they fourth? <laughs> like, how, how is this team fourth? Because they, they, they have taken such a step back from last season. Mm-hmm. And part of that has been Robert Williams has just missed most of the season. And mm-hmm. when he's out there, and especially when he's next to Al Horford, they have still been incredibly difficult to score on. But he's missed a lot of time. They, I think, honestly, like they, they came into this season on a mission. Right, They lost in the finals. They wanted to get back to the finals. They wanted to change the ending of it. Jason Tatum hated the way that he played in the finals. He hated the taste that that left in his mouth. They came in to destroy teams at the beginning of this season, even with Robert Williams out. Lately, I think some of that motivation has waned, and especially Tatum. Tatum has been, I think he should make first-team All-NBA, but since the All-Star break, he has been not at the level he was before he's missing he's like shooting 29% from 3 the defense fell off like and i think i think part of that is just motivation it's like they they came in on a mission and now they're like well we can't really do anything about it till we get to the playoffs <laughs> now they've reached the point where it's like all right we need these games to matter a little bit to spark us but yeah i think the the robert williams piece is most important if he's healthy their defense is just on another level if if he's healthy, he raises their ceiling. Like last year in the playoffs, he was dragging around one leg, like hobbling still killing around, people, and still a huge, huge impact guy. Still, when he played against Golden State, they were beating the Warriors. Like he was part of their best stretches against Golden State. And so, if if he's that guy, if if he's healthy, if he's at a different level even than he was in the playoffs last season. Then, then they're going to be really difficult to beat. If he's not, then their offense is going to have to make a lot of shots because this is not a team that gets to the rim a lot. It's not a team that draws a ton of free throw attempts. And and they have a ton of shooting threats, like top to bottom with the exception of Williams. Everybody can shoot threes at a high level or, or at least get them up, Marcus Smart. But that's kind of how it's going to have to be if Robert Williams isn't available all the time. And his his health is like that's the biggest thing to me. What is your sense of what what is the team saying, both you know publicly and behind the scenes? What are they saying about the nature of his injury right now? Well, he's back. He he played against Sacramento with him the last two three years since he became a, a big part of the team. It's like they're always holding their breath. <laughs> like mm. like can, can he can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the court? And it's funny because Danny Ainge. He doesn't like to be called Bob, and, and Danny Ainge calls him. He calls him Bob when he's not in the lineup. <laughs> so whenever he's hurt, he calls him Bob. And so they were in Utah the other night, and Robert Williams didn't play, so Danny Ainge called him Bob. But the the fact that he even had that inside joke is like it's because he wasn't on the court a lot. You know, right. like it's it's a funny thing until you realize it's because they wanted him on the court more often. So that that's a thing. Like, but he's healthy. Like, he's okay. fine. But it's just they'll, they'll always be holding their breath about him. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, with, with Williams, it feels like this is just a matter of usage. Like, he just can only play but so many games before, you know, things flare up with the knee. I, I, like, and I don't, there, there's no, you know, this isn't a torn ACL or this isn't like some MCL or whatever where you get your surgery and you rehab it and then you come back and, it, you know, it is what it is. This seems to just be the condition of his knee no matter what. And for the Celtics, it's just like, we want them to be playing in the most important games, which aren't until the playoffs. And that, that's how they've managed it. And I think they've done a good job. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's 2 for $5 chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. I want to talk about Joe Missoula and, and the job that he's done. You know, a few months back, they said he's permanently the coach. He's no longer got the interim tag. Just like, what do you think about the job that he's done this year? Where do you think he's excelled? And where do you think he's sort of had, you know, a bit of a growing pains type of situation? As much as you can for a team that's on its way to like 55 wins and, you know, a top three seed. Yeah, the most impressive part was just navigating the Ime situation because that was a seriously emotional locker room. Like, mm. those guys really cared about Ime. They were really broken up that, to lose the coach that led them to the finals. The A bunch of assistants on staff were close friends of Ime. That, that's why he brought them into Boston. Mm-hmm. And some of them, including, I'm sure, Damon Stoudemire was probably like, you know, first of all, torn up about his friend and really emotional about that. But also, like, why they name this 34-year-old dude head coach instead of me? <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and so so Joe had to navigate a lot. And, and to keep everybody on the same page, to get everyone together, both players, staff, all of it, like that says a lot about him as a leader. That says a lot about the relationships he 
builds with guys. The things where he's kind of been learning, I think, well, there's a lot as any rookie coach, especially the guy's younger than I am. He's 34 years old. <laughs> he was coaching Fairmont State D2 school like four years ago. I think like they have a it's a it's a tough it, it's a good problem to have to have a lot of players who are able to be on the court at the end of games but you got to put the right ones out there <laughs> and the Derek White thing has been just weird because Derek White Derek White like, not getting enough tick you mean you look yeah you look at the the on off numbers you look at you know any of the catch all metrics you look at just the way the team performs when he's on the court, they're always better when he's out there. He's been probably one of the Celtics' three best players this season. Sheesh! Con- consistently and rarely plays in crunch time. Mm. And and part of that, I think, is because if you tell Marcus Smart, like you're sitting at the end of games, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> that's not that's not gonna go well if you tell Derek White he's sitting at the end of games he's like alright cool All right, Marcus cool. deserves to play too <laughs> like yeah. he's really good too got you so I think that's part of it but also it's like they go small sometimes put Malcolm Brogdon out there they'll, they'll throw Grant Williams out there and it's like Joe has at times even said I screwed up I should have had Derek out there and then the next game it's like Where's Derek White? Why isn't he closing again? So that that's one of the issues. Look, Joe knows a lot more about his team than I do. He knows all the numbers just like I do. There are things that he's navigating that I'm sure I'm just not privy to. But that would be one issue. And then, you know, it's funny because their crunch time numbers look great. Last year, their crunch time numbers weren't great at all. But sometimes it, it feels like they always run the same play to Jason Tatum in crunch time. Yeah, they don't and use then he Jalen has Brown enough it. in crunch time sometimes. Yeah, and these are all nitpicking things, but also they're things that could really matter. Like, how do you handle the last minute of a playoff game in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Milwaukee Bucks? And just be less predictable. Uh, I, I just as much as we love Jason Tatum, he's not some guy that you just, you know, you give him the ball and automatically answers will arrive. Like it's it's not that. I think there needs to be more consideration and design of what how they attack defenses down the stretch, right? My my mm-hmm. man Henry Henry Abbott likes to say execution is what wins in in the clutch and not just superstar play. I I tend to think it's a mixture of both. And I quite frankly, I tend to lean on the superstar side these days more so than I used to. But yeah, I think it is about diversifying their approach down the stretch. And and the the minutes thing has been weird from the start of the season. Like, they went to the finals last year. Jason Tatum ran out of gas. And Brad Stevens said, like, we need to do a better job of of limiting minutes throughout the season. He's second in minutes per game in the league behind Pascal Siakam. He's playing more minutes (laughs) than he did last season. It's like, why? And then you look at he hasn't played at the same level since the All-Star break. Well, maybe he's tired. (laughs) You know, like, maybe he's played too many minutes. But then you, you look at it. And last year, they were like, they had to win every game down the stretch. They were literally fighting for their playoff position, like a spot in the playoffs, not like their seed, like a spot in the playoffs at first, and then for home court advantage. And then by the time you look up, they're like near the top of the standings. But it it took them till the very end of the season to get there. And now they have like the benefit of being able to, if if you're Jay, like you don't have to play 100% all the time. You can... 
you can pace yourself. Even if you're playing all those minutes, you can pace yourself a little bit. And with Robert Williams, like they've been very patient with him whenever he's had an injury. Like it's okay. You're going to miss the first 29 games of the season. That's cool. Get yourself right. You hurt your hamstring. Cool. Like to take as much time as you need. We we will wait for you. Like it's not about right now. And so that's one thing of of getting out to a 21 and five start. And, but I, I think Missoula really like for the most part he's done a really good job. And and what I think was it's underappreciated how much he had to go through as a head coach because he did it so well. Yeah, and, and we say it all the time up here. It's, you know, you could be the X's and O's genius that you want to be. If you can't effectively communicate to the players what your vision is, it doesn't matter. If they're going out there, going through the motions, you can have the shiniest freaking chalkboard you want and the most brilliantly constructed plays that you <laughs> those, want. Those shiny chalkboards, baby. <laughs> Nobody cares if the players don't go out and run it hard and run it with purpose and see the vision that you've, you know, sort of laid out for them, then it, it's not going to matter. And this guy's clearly gotten through to those guys. And to me, that to me, that's that's enough to justify his promotion. However, I do want to get you out of here on this. Joe Mazzulla the permanent coach. Ime Adoka has not been fired. Make it make sense for me, please. No, so Ime is, I believe, no longer part of the organization at this point. So, so his when, his contract is cooked. I believe it's he's no longer a part of the organization. That when they, that's my understanding of 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 the situation is that when they named Joe the head coach, part of it was that Ime was no longer part of things. So, just saying it right here, Ime Udoka is no longer. Under contract with the Boston Celtics. I believe that's correct. Yes. I would never claim that any of this stuff was easy. And especially the nature of, you know, our business and these leaks with half information and, you know, people that work, women that work at the org. It becomes this sort of like blind item situation where folks are trying to guess who the woman is. Like that was ter- fucking terrible. Yeah, Everything was about that was 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 god awful. You know what I mean? I just, you know, to me, when these owners and they come out and they they never, you know, like here's the thing. Joe Mazzula, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown makes a statement to us to New York Times the next game. He got Jay King in his face asking him more questions. Could double back on the shit he said before. Could do this. Could do like the, literally the next freaking day. He got more people in his face asking him more questions. Right, like just straight up, he has to own all of that stuff. This isn't college where the coaches get to hide you from harm. All of that stuff, like they get, like he just gets to do that. Boom, automatically. <laughs> the owners is the opposite. These dudes make all of these decisions unilaterally, in essentially in a black box. And they don't have to answer for shit, ever. <laughs> and it just, I don't know, that that rubs me the wrong way. It just does. Like, the people who I need, we... I need you to have a podcast just about owners. Like, just how owners oh move God. and operate. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> you know what's so funny, man? It's, uh, it's you, not. You could, you could get at Mark Cuban for. Mark for his, his tweets and everything after he's, the game last awful. night. He's awful. The fact that people think Mark Cuban is some kind of genius, savant, whatever, is a joke. I, I'll say this, you know, because we, we, we're going to have this labor piece and they're just going to come up, come up, come to a CBA agreement with no problems. We're not going to get to lay into these guys. But, oh, my God, I wish there was some labor strife so we could just go... Just, just go nasty on the owners. I, I, I would love nothing more. <laughs> I would yeah. love nothing more than to kill that that particular group of individuals. But you really should have a podcast that's just about how the owners <laughs> move and operate. Like, think of how much content you could have. That nobody really talks about the owners. Like, Bro, they're 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 basically anonymous. They get to be anonymous people. Some people, there are owners who inject themselves into the public conversation, like a Cuban, right? Who, you know but, how mad the owners would be if if they just had you taking shots at them all the time? Just, <laughs> I mean, they, they don't give a damn about me. Like, whatever. oh yes, they do. Yes, they do. They don't care what I have to say. It's just like to me. I just want people who listen to the show, who care about the league, to be like these people's. So like, we talk about player and. Empowerment, blah, 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 all that dumb shit. The people who have an inordinate, disproportional amount of influence on our game that we love are the owners. And they get the least amount of coverage for it. What do you feel about Michael Jordan as an owner? Obviously, he stinks. We just had it on we just had it on group chat. We had it on group chat uh yesterday. We think that Charlotte's we are more optimistic about the future of Charlotte as a franchise because this dude is about to sell the team. Clearly the greatest player of all time. Obviously I own so many pairs of his sneakers. He was my hero growing up. He's the Jeez. reason I care about basketball is Michael Jordan. His track record as an owner is horrible. Terrible. Terrible. Horrible. He's, he's, he's about terrible. To sell, he's about to sell right before they might get Wembenyama. God bless Wembenyama. Um, <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> he doesn't want to go to Charlotte. I'll <laughs> say that. He's saying the right things, though. He's like, oh, I'm not worried about what team I go to, blah, 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 blah. But trust me, that's NBA Siberia at this point. LaMelo and Wembenyama would be tough, though. I would, I, I would love to see it. I would love to see I'll, him in Detroit. I would love to see him in a myriad of places. There's a lot of places, yeah. Almost everywhere actually has like, yeah. it, it would be a, an intriguing landing spot. I, 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 need, I need the Pelicans. Although the Lakers, Lakers might be too good for that. The Lakers, now. Are, the Lakers are making the playoffs, bro. The Lakers might be too. Austin Reeves, Austin Reeves, Austin Reeves is, is denying man. us Zion listen, and Wembenyama. Listen, man, Austin Reeves is quickly shot up my rankings of favorite guys to watch on League Pass. What he's, he's doing, got a lot of game. dude. What he's, he, they just straight up like, yo, and run the offense. Initiate pick and roll. We trust you to distribute. We trust you to, to read the defense enough to know when to take it to the rack. He's, he's coming off a of pick and roll, putting Chris Paul in jail and pulling up right in front of him and drawing fouls. I'm like, yo, what in the hell am I watching right now? It's, Austin Reeves it's is, crazy. is incredible. It's crazy he went undrafted. And granted, he was old and like couldn't really shoot threes, but he's a six-five athletic point guard with a lot of game. Yeah, and you see, everybody's mad at him now because he's drawing all these free throws. Everybody, he's getting fouled. Mad, mad, he gets fouled more than Steph Curry and yada yada. yada. He's get, but like, he's getting fouled. He's watch he's the game. Fouls. He's always been great at drawing fouls. Look at his college stats. Like 
everyone was hacking him back then because he's got a lot of game and he draws contact and he's a big, big guard. This this, a, is, this this is how I know you, my man, Jay King, is that you you naturally veer me into white American <laughs> hooper territory, which is what I'm going to do anyway. I, I lured you here. I lured you here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Anyway, man, we got to get you up out of here, but tell the people where they can find you and your incredible work on the internet, man. Appreciate you, man. I, at The Athletic, I write about the Celtics and have a podcast, Anything is Potable. I'm also on... The Athletic NBA show on what days? Mondays and Thursdays, if they want to listen to to me and Zach Harper and the boys. That's it. That's our show for today. Make sure you subscribe to the Ringer NBA feed, all of our other offerings, the answer, real ones, the, the NBA draft show, all of that. Make sure you check all of that out. Shouts to our lovely producer, Jade Whaley. She keeps the trains running on time. She's one of the best in the business, of course. We will see you guys next week. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.